This is the Raising Freethinkers podcast. I'm Dale McGowan, editor and co-author of Raising Freethinkers and Parenting Beyond Belief, books for raising compassionate, curious kids without religion. This is the first of three episodes on fear. When I was working on Parenting Beyond Belief and Raising Freethinkers, I dove into child development research and best practices for parenting. I also just read a ridiculous number of parenting books. Some were really good and useful, especially when they were grounded in that research. And then there were the others, books filled with terrible ideas that directly contradict the research-based best practices for parenting. A lot of these are huge bestsellers, and a lot of the very worst parenting bestsellers were, and are, conservative Christian parenting books. They weren't bad because they were religious. Books like Parenting with Love and Laughter and the work of Dr. William Sears are by Christian authors and include Christian concepts, but their actual advice is grounded in research and best practices. It's the more conservative Christian parenting books that consistently offer advice that directly contradicts what we know to be best for emotional, psychological, and intellectual development. And these are the books by authors like John MacArthur, Joyce Meyer, and James Dobson that sell in the millions. One of the most disastrous themes that runs through conservative Christian parenting is the idea that children should fear their own thoughts. Here's a passage from an article by Joyce Meyer called Helping Your Kids Win the Battle in Their Mind. Satan will look for your child's weakest area and attack at that point. He will attempt to fill your child with worry, reasoning, fear, depression, and discouraging negative Wait, thoughts. Did rewind that. He will attempt to fill your child with worry, reasoning, fear. She said it. Meyer is warning parents that reasoning is a tool of Satan. In a book called Battlefield of the Mind, we get this. I once asked the Lord why so many people are confused, and he said to me, Tell them to stop trying to figure everything out, and they will stop being confused. I found it to be absolutely true, reasoning and confusion go together. Now, don't think that I've found some obscure author just for entertainment. Battlefield of the Mind is an influential book. It has sold millions of copies since it was published in 2002. After 20 years, it's still in the top 1,200 of all books on Amazon. Now, in case that doesn't sound impressive, there are 32 million titles on Amazon. So 1,200 is in the top 100th of a percent of all books. It is influential. It's also the number four bestseller in an actual Amazon category called Christian Spiritual Warfare. Joyce Meyer has taken this message of fear thought straight to the kids in Battlefield of the Mind for teens. This one is especially infuriating because it repeatedly tells kids to fear their minds and distrust their reasoning. As she puts it, I was totally confused about everything, and I didn't know why. One thing that added to my confusion was too much reasoning. It comes back again and again in Meyer's advice. Don't even start 
thinking. Most troubling of all is the attempt to make kids accept what they are told by their parents and the church without question. Right at the age they need to be challenging authority to become autonomous adults. She says, Ask yourself continually, what would Jesus think? Remember, if he wouldn't think about something, you shouldn't either. By keeping continual watch over your thoughts, you can ensure that no damaging enemy thoughts creep into your mind. I call this boiling pot parenting, the idea that our kids will tend toward murderous Lord of the Flies psychopathy unless we clamp the lid on the seething kettle of evil in their hearts. You think I'm exaggerating? I can tell by your face. Here's evangelical superauthor and radio minister John MacArthur from the book Successful Christian Parenting. The truth is that our children are already marred by sin from the moment they are conceived. The drive to sin is embedded in their very natures. All that is required for the tragic harvest is that children be allowed to give unrestrained expression to those evil desires. In other words, children do not go bad because of something their parents do. They are born sinful, and that sinfulness manifests itself because of what parents do not do. There's only one remedy for the child's inborn depravity, the new birth, to be born again. When you see these fears popping up over and over in conservative religion, it's tempting to think that religion is the source. But after studying cultural anthropology, I began to see religion more as a repository, a safe place to put beloved ancient ideas where science and modernism can't get to them. Now, it might seem strange to call fear a beloved idea, but it's not the fear itself. It's the naming of the fear that gives a sense of security. Once you've identified Satan or Jews or immigrants or something else as the source of evil, there's a feeling that you've contained it. But it's an illusion and one we have to help our kids avoid. Now, even though conservative religion is a good place to look for fear and guilt about one's own thoughts, it's much more broadly human than that. Disney introduced my daughter Erin to evil around age four. Her epiphany came as Snow White entered the deep dark forest, fleeing the wicked queen. The queen had certainly gotten her attention, but Erin's eyes didn't pop, and I mean pop, until Snow White fled into the storm-whipped forest. Run away, hide, in the woods, anywhere. Never come back, now go. Daddy, look, she said. Oh, yeah, look at that. The whipping branches of the trees had transformed into gnarled hands, which were reaching ever closer to Snow White as she cowered and ran down the forest path. I looked over at Aaron, whose dinner plate eyes were glued to the screen. What are those? She asked. Well, it looks like some kind of evil hands, Bee. Daddy, she said in an intense hush. I want to be those evil hands.
The Evil Hands episode was the visible birth of one of the central threads of Aaron's personality, a fascinated obsession with good and evil, right and wrong. Aaron was the one to notice out loud when we drifted three or four miles above the speed limit, or 20. Three minutes after condemning a passing smoker, she would furtively take a drag on a straw or a pencil in the back seat and then recoil in giggly horror. And when I was her age, I was taken with the polarity of true and false, but for Aaron, it was the polarity of right and wrong that fascinated her. At one point, a conversation we had showed me that religion might capitalize on fear thought, but it can appear in a non-religious family and child just as well. When Aaron was eight, she went through a brief period of self-recrimination, dissolving into tears at bedtime, but unwilling to discuss it. The morning after one of these, we were lying on the trampoline together, looking at the sky, and I asked if she would tell me what was bothering her. Knowing her, my first question was, did you do something you feel bad about? Or did you hurt somebody's feelings at school? There's always a way to fix that, you know. No, she said, it isn't something I did. Is it something somebody else did? Did somebody hurt your feelings or hurt you? No. A long silence. I watched the clouds for a while, knowing it would come. At last she spoke. It isn't anything I did. It's something I thought. I turned to look at her, and she was crying again. Something you thought? What is it, B? Her nickname is the B, long story. I don't want to say. Well, that's okay. You don't have to say. But what's the problem with thinking this thing? It's more than one thing. She looked at me with a worried forehead. It's bad thoughts. I think about saying things or doing things that are bad. Like, I waited. Like bad words. That's one thing. You want to say a bad word? No, she said, horrified. I don't at all. But I can't get my brain to stop thinking about this word I heard somebody say at school. It's a really nasty word, and I don't like it, but it keeps popping into my brain, no matter what I do, and it makes me feel really, really bad. She cried harder, and I hugged her. Listen to me, B. You are never bad just for thinking about something. Never. What? But if it's bad to say a bad word, then it's bad to think it. But how can you decide whether it's bad if you don't even let yourself think it, I said. She stopped crying in a single wet inhale and furrowed her brow. Then, it's okay to think bad things? Yes, I said, it is. It's fine. Aaron, you can't stop your brain from thinking, especially a big brain like yours, and you'll make yourself crazy if you even try. That's what I'm doing. I'm making myself crazy. Well, don't. Listen to me now. We went forehead to forehead. It is never bad to think something. You have permission to think about everything in the world. What comes after thinking is deciding whether to keep that thought or to throw it away. That's called your judgment. A lot of times it's wrong to act on certain thoughts, but it is never, ever wrong to let yourself think them. I pointed to her head. That's your courtroom in there, and you're the judge. 
The word, by the way, was asshole. The next morning, she woke up excitedly and gave me a high-speed hug. Once she had permission to think the bad word, she said, it just went away. She was genuinely relieved. Imagine if instead, I had saddled her with traditional ideas of mind policing, the insane practice of paralyzing guilt for what you cannot control, your very thoughts. Instead, I taught her what free thought really means. I'm glad I managed to say the right thing. That's always a minor miracle. And in the years since that day, Aaron has often mentioned that moment, sitting on the trampoline, as the single best thing I ever did for her. As with most such moments, I had no idea at the time that I was giving her anything beyond the moment itself. I just wanted her to stop crying, to stop beating up on herself. But in the process, it seems I genuinely set her free. The Raising Freethinkers podcast is a production of Only Sky Media, exploring the whole human experience from the secular perspective. Visit us online at onlysky.media. Thanks for listening. I'm Dale McGowan. See you next time for Raising Freethinkers. Thinkers.